Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. You know, our Catholic social teaching is rich with the call to aid those facing humanitarian crises. The Catechism itself states, the more prosperous nations are obliged to the extent that they are able to welcome the foreigner, foreigner in search of the security and means of livelihood which he cannot find in his country of origin. But what does that practically look like? Today, we're speaking with two employees of St. Timothy and Blaine about their recent experience serving alongside the U.S.-Mexico border at the Humanitarian Respite Center run by Catholic Charities. Rhonda Miska, Director of Communications of St. Timothy's, welcome to you. Thank you. And Cindy Nowak, who is the Director of Faith, Faith Parish Faith Formation, I'll get it out there eventually, thank you for sharing with us today as well. Thanks for having us. So, ladies, let's just uh, begin by telling us a little bit about what this recent trip was all about. So, yeah, give us some details about how, how you set it up and, and how you decided to go. All right. I, um, I can take that. Um, we have, uh, have obviously been following the issue. It's a rare week that goes by without mention of some immigration issue. Um, and so, obviously, it's in front of us. We had a strong desire to be with the people at the border, whether that is the people within those communities that are experiencing the influx of migrants, uh, the migrants themselves, or or the people who are volunteering in direct aid. We just wanted to be with, be in solidarity with the people there. Um, So that's kind of how we started this whole process. Uh, We put it out in our parish. We have had 12 parishioners who said, yes, they were very interested in being part of this. So those are the 12 people, and, and I would like to mention that uh, the majority of them were past age 60, uh, into the, well into their 70s. We had one woman who was 79 years old with us. Um, so we had older parishioners, these 12 older parishioners who decided to go serve, and we worked at the Humanitarian Residence Center, as you mentioned, in McAllen, Texas, sponsored by the Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley, and then also La Posada Providencia in San Benito, which is a little bit further away, um, but also along that border. Mm. Wow. And uh, so what what did you experience? Maybe I should ask, um, and maybe Rhonda, we'll start with you. What was your most profound experience during your time uh, in at the border? Oh, such a good question. And of course, there's many profound experiences, but just in reflecting over the last week since we've been back, um, we attended Mass on the Feast of the Presentation at the Humanitarian Respite Center. So there are Jesuit priests that are permanently missioned there that come and celebrate Mass at the Humanitarian Respite Center. Um, So just to be, you know, to give a little context, these are families, um, either pregnant women or uh, families with children who have um, just come into the U.S. and they're they're either waiting, preparing to travel on to wherever their sponsor is. So waiting for their train trip or, or, or their bus trip or their flight, and so while they're there, um, you know, they can come, they can rest, they can get a hot meal and toiletries, and then also um, spiritual, you know, sustenance is provided. So these two Jesuit priests came, and before Mass started, um, Father Brian did sort of a roll call. Okay, who's here from Honduras? Who's here from Venezuela? Who's here from El Salvador? Who's here from Ecuador? Um, and, and then the Mass itself was in Spanish, but the Gospel was proclaimed first in Haitian Creole, and then in Spanish, um, mm. and the communion hymn was a recording of How Great Thou Art in Haitian Creole. So it was just such a powerful experience of the truth that we are a global church, yeah. and that our faith is shared and practiced by people around the world, 
And yeah. so for all of us to be coming to the one table and receiving the Eucharist across these differences of language and nationality um, was just so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Anything like that stand out to you, Cindy? Anything that kind of rises to the top when you're thinking about your experiences there? Yeah, I keep really seeing the faces of the people that we were mm-hmm. working with, um, in particular the children. Uh, I worked with, uh, I got a chance to play with a lot of the kids at the Humanitarian Respite Center. And uh, even though I'm not a Spanish speaker, I have very rudimentary Spanish. Okay. And most of them didn't have English. We were able to, you know, play together, be together. Um, some of us were using Google Translate and all of that. But I'm, one afternoon in particular, some of the kids want to make paper airplanes. And particularly the little, the slightly older kids, they were kind of bored with just coloring pictures. So um, we just had, you know, regular old copy paper, and we started making airplanes. Well, we decided we wanted to see what kind of planes would fly the farthest. So we brought up some YouTube videos. They're really into the YouTube, you know, just just kids. (laughs) And so they were all following the directions. They were awesome with following directions on YouTube. Um, So we made all these different paper airplanes and just started flying them. And the kids were just laughing and so joyful. And it was just amazing to me that you you don't need a lot of resources. You don't need fancy things. You don't need to speak the same language. You are just, you can simply be together and see that people are people and they play the same. Um, I saw one little guy standing off the side. His family had just been brought into the respite center and his mom was, you know, very focused on trying to figure out the next steps. And she's on her phone trying to uh, make these appointments and do all these things that she had to get taken care of. And the little boy, even though all the kids around him were playing, he just, you know, was still a little shy. He stood right by his mom. But I could see he wanted something to do. I mean, he was watching really intently. And I went over and basically figured out he would like a ball. So we had a punch ball, and we gave that to him. And he was so excited and just kind of started, you know, stood about three feet away from him, volleying that ball back and forth. Hmm. But really quickly, he was integrated into the whole group and running around with the other kids playing. So, again, it just it just showed me that it doesn't take much to help people feel comfortable and you know, to to make them um, adjust to their environment. Yeah. I just think that that was profound for me to know that little things that we do will have a big effect. Yeah, images of Christ uh, going to find the lost one sheep to bring it back to the 99 and incorporation. Yeah. And that, yeah, just fl- mm. flood into my mind as you're talking about that. Pretty profound. So, Cindy, sticking with you for a second, was this your, was this your first cross-cultural experience or you'd been on other similar trips before? Um, it was my first time doing this as a as a service trip um i have experience in youth ministry in the diocese and i've been on other kinds of domestic sure. service trips but okay. this was my first time with adults um going specifically to a, a place where i don't really speak the language and um, not really knowing what to expect um so yeah this was my first time and we did get a chance on our last afternoon to take about half of our group across the border into mexico into matamoros mm and um, went into a, one of the encampments that mm. the refugees are waiting, you know, to get their appointments with immigration services. And this encampment probably had a couple thousand people from all different places, uh, Venezuela, Nicaragua, uh, Honduras, I mean, just all kinds of places in Central and South America where people are literally waiting, some of them months, to get an appointment wow. with immigration services. Mm. Wow. And Rhonda, how about you? Is this was this a, a repeat trip or something you've done before in terms of cross cultural work? 
Well, um, yeah, well, I served as a Jesuit volunteer in Nicaragua after I graduated college. Um, Ah, So I was two years serving with the Jesuits in Nicaragua and then um, served in Hispanic ministry in the Diocese of Richmond, so working with uh, in parish ministry with Spanish-speaking immigrants. Um, so, so I've had, you know, I, I was the Spanish speaker on the trip. Um, so, and I've been down to the border twice, but in Arizona. Um, but this was my first time on the border in Texas. Um, and it was just really a gift because I've worked with, with migrants in different spaces, um, in the past and worked with Latin Americans, both in Latin America and in the States, um, to, to have those connections again. And also to share that with people in, in my current parish community, and, um, you know, as, a, you know, in translating and interpreting, um, you know, facilitating as I could connections and helping, as Cindy said, people just were really eager to connect with us and to share their stories. So, uh, you know, doing my best to use, use my language skills to help, um, to help um, build that bridge and, and create that connection so that people's stories could be, could be received and honored. Yeah, yeah, very good. We're speaking with Rhonda Miska, who's the Director of Communications at the Parish of St. Timothy in Blaine, along with Cindy Novak, the Director of Parish Faith Formation there at St. Timothy as well. And the reason I ask, ladies, about if this is your first experience, um, you know, I've had the privilege of being in in multiple cross-cultural situations on similar types of service trips, and but there was still, everyone is profound and affects me deeply. Um, The first one in particular, though, much, uh, much as you were saying before, kind of opens your eyes to the global church. Um, and I'm just curious, and Rhonda, I guess we'll start with you this time. Um, what what ways has this trip specifically influenced how you're going to now? Has it changed anything about how you'll live your life out here back in the states or in the in the northern U.S. in Minnesota? Great question. You know, and I think that's always the question with the trip is it, it's not even so much what you do while you're in you know whatever place you visit, but it's what do you bring home? You know, what are the graces that the Lord has given you? And where are you called to deeper conversion, you know, in the nitty gritty of daily life? Um, right. And for me, you know, I've reconnected with um, loved ones in Nicaragua. Um, and right now things are very tough in that country. The church is being persecuted. You know, there's priests that have been um, been arrested and um, it's, it's a really hard situation there. So reconnecting with Nicaraguan loved ones, it certainly um, reinforced my, my love for that country and those people. Um, and also, as the parish communications director, um, certainly wanting to continue to cultivate this seed. And um, like right now, I'm working on. We had we invited all the participants to share photos and written reflections. And so I'm putting together a newsletter that'll come out at some point in March, um, both in print and on our website. So just helping nice. to um, to share those stories, and I think really emphasize our common humanity and this call to solidarity that we have. Mm, very good, very good. Cindy, how about you? Any ways that you, you've already noticed that your trip has started to make its way into your daily, day-to-day living? Um, well, yeah. Uh, I think that I, for the last um, probably decade or so, I've been doing some volunteer teaching for ESL at Central Guadalupano at Holy Rosary Church right here mm-hmm. in the diocese. Mm-hmm. And um, so I get to see people on the other end of this whole process of, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting at the border, and now finally they get to move on to the, a place. Um, so, we, you know, we have received immigrants and refugees here in Minnesota, and we are working to help them. <laughs> We're supporting them. So that's one of the things that I will be continuing to do, and I really do value that. And again, like Rhonda was saying, listening to their stories, hearing them, honoring uh, what they've been through, and just recognizing that their perseverance and everything. 
But I think this trip also convinced me that I need to be much more active, um, I guess I would say politically, and in bringing this issue in front of my congressional delegation, mm-hmm. um, my senators, my congresspeople from, from here, from Minnesota, that, that they just need to continue to look at this. And, and what can you do to change this? It doesn't, I, I don't know that anybody can solve it, but what can we do to change it and make this more humane and uh, just a better situation? So that's something I will definitely be taking on. And then just, uh, again, keeping everybody in prayer. Those that we met, I, I see their faces. I, I remember their stories. I want to personally be praying that their journeys are you know, come to, to some kind of a, a good conclusion, that, that they are going to have great lives those children that were playing so happily, I, I want to see them prosper. So, and I will never know the end of their stories, but that's okay. Um, I still want to be in solidarity with them, and we'll continue to pray for them. Right, and I hope right. that we can offer this this trip again, so that more people have the opportunity to hear the stories, to to do what they can, to be inspired, to um, look at other people as their brother and sister in Christ. Yeah, yeah, that, and that that in and of itself is a is a great, well, it's a it's a great suggestion or a great, uh, well, it spurs us onward, right, to see our yeah. uh, neighbors uh, around the world as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, on that note, just in our final minute here, and uh, Cindy, I'll toss this. Or, well, no, let's hear from you, Rhonda. Sorry, um, Rhonda, sure. let's toss this back to you. Um, any suggestions on what we might do here in Minnesota to continue on the work of welcoming our, our brother and sisters from, brothers and sisters from around the world? Great question. I mean, I think certainly to continue to study and learn and pray, uh, you know, to sort of move beyond the headlines and move beyond the sound bites that we get in our media. Um, there's some great Catholic organizations, um, like think of Ignatian Solidarity Network, or the Maryknoll Office for Global Concerns that you can sign up to receive emails, and there's material there to guide your prayer. Um, and then, if, as Cindy mentioned, if there's a certain piece of legislation that is up, um, you know, there's an invitation and some, you know, kind of sample messaging for how do you do, how do you reach out to your legislators as a Catholic and say, you know, we want to honor human dignity. Um, so I think certainly, you know, continuing to study and pray and take action. There's there's mm-hmm. good organizations out there we can connect with. And Cindy already mentioned Central Guadalupano. So looking at the organizations and the congregations that are that are welcoming um, our brothers and sisters from other countries and and sharing in those efforts. Um, and then finally, I think it's also it's just so key um, in global solidarity to really to to sort of break down this us and them. So I think along those lines, it's powerful for, for us to learn our own stories, you know, whether it was our grandparents or our great-grandparents. Um, when did they come to this country and how and why? And what was their story when they arrived? And what was their process of settling in and learning English and making a new life? Because um, I think, you know, unless, unless you're Native American, um, all of us have some in our, own, in our own history. We have our own stories of migration. And, and oftentimes there might be resonance between what those people on our southern border have experienced and are experiencing and what our own uh, what is in our own lineage so i think that's another piece of of connection and that point of common humanity as as people of god yeah, very good. Well, ladies, I'm afraid we're out of time, but uh, certainly grateful for the time that you've taken with us today. Rhonda Miska and Cindy Novak from the Church of St. Timothy in Blaine. Thank you for joining us, and God bless you. And may the fruits of this trip continue to make themselves known in Blaine, but of course throughout the Archdiocese as well. God bless you both. Thank you. Thank you so much.
usccb.org, our Catholic uh, Conference of Bishops here in the U.S., have lots of resources and ways to keep up with the happenings of our immigrant brothers and sisters, including those from Ukraine and Afghanistan. When we return, the Tecahuitha Conference is coming to town. We'll learn about how Native American culture and the Catholic faith intersect. That's all coming up next. Stay with us. Stay with us.